Bigfoot and the Baby by Anne Gelder, Episode 2. Tonight on The Weird Frontier, we meet Dottie Mayflower of Yakima, Washington. It is Dottie's contention that her dog has been reincarnated as Bigfoot. Two years ago, Chester was hit by a car. My husband had died just a month before, and he always used to walk the dog. Chester was big, a German shepherd mix, and I'm a small woman with arthritis. It was raining that night. We were walking along our street when he saw something on the other side. He bolted, and my feet slipped right out from under me. I couldn't hold on to the leash. Chester ran right into the street. The car drove right over him, never even tried to stop. They had to have seen him. They had to. I will never understand the human race. I had the wind knocked out of me, but I saw Chester's tail was moving. I thought he was still alive. I called to him, but no sound came out. Finally, I was able to stand and go to him. He was dead, nothing but a mass of blood and fur, and this expression on his face I will never forget. He died thinking he had been betrayed. I had let him run into the car. His tail was only wagging from the breeze. After that, I just wanted to die. I stopped making meals for myself. The neighbors came by and brought me food. They said I should get another dog, but I couldn't think of it. Then, early one morning, after about six weeks, something told me I should go outside. It wasn't a voice, just a sort of pull, like a dog on a leash. Only the leash was looped around my heart. I put on my robe and went out onto the front lawn. The sun had just come up. There was frost on the grass, glowing-like, and in the middle of the frost was a man. Or I should say, it was the shape of a man, only a little larger and covered with fur. I could see no features. The figure was darker than a shadow. But the smell was unmistakable. Wet dog. It was Chester, back to visit me. How did you know? It was the love I felt from him. Forgive me, but did you ever think it could be your husband? It was Chester, and he said to me, All is well, and all will be well forever. He forgave me, you see. He wanted me to know. I'm sorry to press, but if it was indeed your dog, why didn't he just come back in that form so you could resume your life together as before? Chester has other things to do now. He visits people the world over, and he talks to them in their own language, whatever that happens to be. They always understand immediately what he is saying. He is saying, Peace. He still visits me whenever I'm feeling especially lonely. He stands there on the lawn, and I look at him through the window, and he tells me, All is well. What shit, said Katie, out of habit. Actually, she liked The Weird Frontier, a show that chronicled paranormal occurrences all across America. She usually watched it with her dad. The host, Topper Moss, was a pith-helmeted Brit with a face like a hatchet, although not in an unflattering way. His deadpan delivery made it hard to figure out if he believed the stories he was telling or not. Katie and her dad had a running bet of $10. Kyle thought Topper did believe. Katie disagreed, because how could he? On this occasion, her father being otherwise occupied, Katie was watching the WF with her best friend, Stick. It was Valentine's Day night. Despite recent events, her parents had gone out to dinner at their favorite restaurant, her dad pegging along on his crutches and grinning like he'd won the lottery. They were probably back by now, but Katie had no wish to go home and witness the fallout. Given how rattled her mother had been since the accident, their date could not possibly have gone well. Besides, Katie owed Stick a little company. This morning she'd found his valentine stuck in the vent of her locker door. It was the only one she'd received, not that she'd expected any at all. The card was in the shape of a ladybug, and between its spots Stick had carefully written, Let's Jam. He played the guitar in a band called the Coma Cluster with his two older brothers. Prog rock, billions of pointless notes, the opposite of punk. They needed a vocalist. Stick did another shot of Jim Beam and lowered himself back onto his elbow. 
Slowly, inexorably as a dune, he undulated toward Katie's semi-fetal position on the floor. She felt the shadows of his fingers on her backbone. She sat up. Stick yanked back his hand and pretended to study it in the light of the television. His fingers were amazingly long and padded at the tips like a gecko's. He poured himself yet another shot, threw it back, and offered the bottle to Katie. She shook her head and lay back down. It was nearly midnight, Stick's last chance to celebrate Valentine's Day, in the manner Katie now realized he had been planning for some time. She heard his knuckles crack as his fingers reached for her once again, pausing to consider various landing sites on her back. She decided to stay put. Stick was a good guy. She would give him something today of all days. Besides, she was almost fifteen. It was past time she had some experience. Fingertips, light as the legs of an insect, touched her shoulder. Do you want a back rub? Stick said. Katie said, all right. She flattened herself on the floor, face planted in the orange carpet, arms out in front of her. Stick gulped audibly. He threw one leg over her ass, but was too terrified to sit down, so he balanced on his knees as he began to knead Katie's shoulders. They were embarrassingly tense, thanks to her parents. It felt like peach pits were buried under her skin. Mmph, she said, trying to sound encouraging. Stick kept going. He moved down from the shoulders, digging under her shoulder blades. Katie winced, but said nothing. She wasn't wearing a bra. She hadn't thought she needed one, although it now occurred to her that she'd been mistaken. Stick's fingers fanned out along her ribs. He inched them around to the front, where he began to probe like a doctor looking for lumps, a process Katie's mother had recently described to her in some detail. As Katie had read in magazines, technique could be learned. The problem with Stick was much deeper. A year ago, he had lost both his parents. They died in a car accident while racing to his allegedly dying grandfather's bedside. Now he and his brothers, ironically, lived with Grandpa. Katie could hear the old man snoring away in his bedroom. Meanwhile, in the kitchen, Stick's twin brothers cataloged their Star Trek cards and jabbered in their special code. All Stick had was music and Katie, and Katie was not much. Yet he refused to see how awful his life was, or worse, if he did see it, he gave in. Life kicked him in the teeth, and what did he do? He shrugged. With his guitar he spun out walls of fuzz, when what was called for was rage. "'Get off me!' Katie rolled over, quick as a cat. Stick crouched, also like a cat, staring back at her. "'I like you as a friend, but that's it,' she said, tucking her T-shirt into her jeans. "'Yeah, well, same here. Me too,' he said. "'I was a little drunk, that's all.' He slumped onto the floor, his legs splayed out in front of him. Now Katie really owed him something. She sat up and beckoned for the gym beam. Stick passed it over with a sigh. I was thinking, she said, wiping her mouth with the back of her hand, that we should, you know, jam, like you keep saying. I want to be in the band with you and your brothers. Really? Stick pushed the cloud of hair off his face. He thought she was joking, but she wasn't. She was going to help him tonight, after all. She would teach him through song to fight the power. Three things, Katie said. One, we get a new name. It can't be the coma cluster anymore. Obviously. Two, your brothers do not wear their Star Trek uniforms on stage. I can arrange that. Three, we do not sell out ever. We play for free, and we never forget who our real fans are. We make our own tapes and give them away. We denounce hypocrisy, greed, cruelty, and all bullshit. We are one big fuck you to the system. That's our new name, said Stick, confused. No, stupid. An image flew into Katie's mind, her dad climbing onto the gurney, waving and joking. We are the Patience.